Hello and welcome to the Arsenal Way. We've got a special, special episode for you today with a much-loved household name you may be familiar with. Presenter of Capital FM's Breakfast Show and a man who has literally conquered the jungle. It is a pleasure to be joined by British radio broadcaster and TV personality, Mr. Roman Kemp. Roman, how are you? I'm good, thanks, man. I'm very good. How are you? Yeah, not bad, not bad. The season... It's about to get started. Yeah. Massive Arsenal fan. Big How time. you feeling about it this season, man? Um, do you know what? I'm I'm I was I was really nervous about it. I was there was a point where I I thought I, I was got quite sad towards the end of last season because I was like, oh my god, have we have we peaked? Is mm. this, you know, is this kind of fantasy, is this where it ends? Um but you know that's just me being a, a pessimist. It was, it was only, and you know, I was I was out in some of the US tour, mm-hmm. and I won't lie, that filled me with not very much faith. Um, yeah. I was out at, at the in New York for the Man United game, and I really thought we looked shaky that day. But it was it was that that Community Shield game that that kind of turned it for me, and it just kind of re- I, I realized I was like, oh my god, we are actually full at full strength. You know, we are really good. And obviously we didn't have Jesus, but I, I thought that Community Shield match really, and from what I've, you know, what I've heard from from the players and, and a couple of the other guys that in the dressing room before that game, Mikel's speech was very much on, we have this, this is a must win. Like, mm-hmm. and, and you could see it. And, and that kind of has instilled some faith. So yeah, quietly confident now. What's your take when people basically criticise our celebrations? Like, or oh, why Arsenal celebrating a Community Shield win? It's a glorified friendly, but hey, Richard Keys. Yeah, exactly. Uh, if, the thing is, if you, can't, if you can't celebrate wins against a team which last season won the treble, what's the point in playing football? I, I you know, I, I completely agree. I think, I think in life, you know, not just in football, in in life, you should be able to celebrate those those moments. You know, celebrate where you can and and be proud of what you've achieved. Um, and sometimes it doesn't matter how big or how small it is. I think, you know, that you've got to look at this, the celebrations that, that were happening last season were because of the stories that were happening. Yeah. You know, people talking about, you know, I was there, at, 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 you know, like so many others, that Bournemouth game. Uh, you know, w- watch, I was sat literally right behind, right behind Reese Nelson when he hit that ball. And I ended up about five rows in front of where I was. Because, uh, you know, pure elation and, you know, that's the, the romance of football. You know, that, that's the thing that I, I didn't quite understand about it. You know, the celebration police with Sergeant Keys at the front of it. It's like, one, no one watches him anyway. So mm-hmm. why are we listening to him? Um, and, and two, it's like, I don't know. I th- it felt very much like, why are we getting upset as a fan base over these bitter old men who obviously are clearly jealous of, of this wonderful, wonderful story that we're writing? Um, so listen, I, I love it. I love, I love the celebration. I love a bit of housery. You know, mm-hmm. I even love it. So, listen, I, again, I was there at the away game when Adi Bayor celebrated in front of us yeah. at the Etihad. I get it. Like, how can I not get it? You know, I know I hated it, but I totally understand. How impressed have you been with the recruitment um, this summer? Declan Rice, Kai Havertz, Hurian Timber. It seems like you see teams like Chelsea still trying to sign the likes of Moises Caicedo. Liverpool have not that, done that much business that they should have. Whereas Arsenal, they've done most of their business. David Raya seems to be coming in. It's, it's a good summer, isn't it? 
Well, I think, do you know what it is? It's, it's testament to that story from last year. And, and again, that's, you know, the, it, it, we were last season. The, the last mm. season was Arsenal's season. I know Man, Man City won the treble, but what were people talking about last year? It, it was us. Uh, and I think that what you saw, even though we haven't ended up with a trophy in our hands, we, we ended up with players that see the project that we're building and, and want to be a part of it. You know, I'm still waiting for this new Liverpool project that they say they're, they're building, you know, which currently just consists of Sobosly and, and McAllister. But, mm. you know, what we're, what we're doing and what we're realising is that we've got a lot of these players that are in positions, you know, whereby they can, they can join any team they want and they're choosing us, mm. you know. And the reason why is I really feel is because, you know, we're being able to, 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 to attract these players through the, the, the games that we're playing in those moments and even just down to the stadium atmosphere. You know, it's a different vibe now when you come to the Emirates. Do you think that's a testament due to Mikel Arteta and what they've built? Because a few seasons ago, when we were finishing eighth, a lot of fans were critical of Mikel Arteta. They kept saying, is he the right man for the job? But I think a lot of Arsenal fans didn't understand this was going to take time. This project was going to take time to evolve. And go bang, as yeah, so yeah, exactly. He did. He said it was going to go bang, and, and look, it, it has. I think it's a it's a combination. You know, I'm lucky enough to be able to chat to chat to uh, like a few people at the club that you know quite high up, and and what you realise is that it's it's not just it's not just Mikel and it's not just Edu. It's all of them from mm. from the top um, from the top down that want to invest in this new attitude and in this new you know and I mean that even all the way up to to the Cronkies you, you know they they truly want to create that atmosphere and they want to build the club to a place where it feels scary to go there as another team because you're looking at how close we all are you know as a fan base I feel we are actually very close to the club I think the club listen to what we we want um you know as fans and you know even down to like I don't know, like even the the adverts that we're making these days. I mean, obviously yeah. I'm biased because my dad was in the last advert, <laughs> but 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 you know, it it, it was it, it feels like we're really in touch with one another, and and I think that's a a thing that you know I think at that moment that transitional period that we had from Unai to to here, whether or not it was you know before that being the Ivan Gazidis kind of era, and then mm. moving you know that was this has all kind of come at the right time. And it's it's become a really nice marriage between everyone from the club in the club top down. You spoke about the fact that you were in the states. I saw a nice little picture of you having dinner <laughs> <laughs> with all the Arsenal CEOs. Without going <laughs> too much into detail, how was it? How was it? Yeah, man. Um, it's, do you know it all started because I I went um, I was lucky enough to get uh, um, Vinay, the the CEO, invited me down to to go and. Um, watched the Brighton game at home and it was the worst game I've seen us play all season right we just looked yeah. so tired it was it was awful and I and I ended up being pictured sat next to company um, in that game and I was in the stand sat next to company and everyone thought I was going to be the Burnley assistant manager and everyone <laughs> saying it was the weirdest mashup ever um, you know what out of context Premier League straight away was all over it Um and I think that, you know, from there, I just, I don't know, like, like you know, we chatted a lot and, and you know, they ended up saying to me, do you want do you want to come out and watch a game in the States? And I was like, yeah, let's go. And, you know, meeting the guys there and the, the team that are behind it, you know, as I say, I, I'm not getting on with them just because yeah. of the status they're in. I'm getting on with them because they love the club, you mm -hmm. know, and we went to watch the game and we ended up, 
you know, going to Lee Dixon's bar afterwards and and it was it was really nice and everyone just has that same goal. You know, we all love the game and 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 I like hearing about the ins and outs of it. Yeah, recently you took part of a fantastic charity match at Stamford Bridge, game for mm. Ukraine, which I thought was fantastic. Um, I saw a little cheeky clip on Instagram, you showcasing oh, yeah. a bit of skills in front of Mr. Arsene Wenger. Oh, yeah. <laughs> How yeah. did that feel? Was that uh, well, wrong well, yeah, well, to be honest, like I, I've, I don't really, I like to think that I don't get nervous, but mm. for some reason I revert to a child whenever I meet footballers. Um, and, and whenever I revert to a, a child uh, 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 as, you know, speaking to, to these players and, or these managers, I can't help, you know, I'm beaming smile wise. And, and I just, when I met Arsene for the first time, I can't, you know, I, firstly, I couldn't believe it's, it's been this long since I've, I've, you know, usually I can try and navigate my way to the right place, right time to meet someone like that. But I've never met him before. And and I just, you know, it was Rio Ferdinand who came up to me afterwards. He was like, you're an Arsenal fan, aren't you? I was like, yeah. He goes, yeah, I could see your legs buckle when you started talking <laughs> to him. Um, and, um, and it was pretty amazing. I, I, I even learned stuff from him. I, there was a moment where I was warming up on the touchline mm. and all of a sudden I've looked over and because it was raining, he even had the long coat on. Wow. And I just heard woman, which isn't <laughs> Sylvester Stallone, it's Arsene Wenger. Um, and, and then Arsene just like beckoning me over and then like walking me to the touchline um, to, to be subbed on. And I came on for Gilberto Silva, wow. which was just like, you know, there's moments in my life where I'm so grateful for what I'm able to do. And, and that was one of them that will stay with me forever, for sure. It's an interesting point. Like my next question is basically, you took part in I'm a Celeb. You're fantastic, yeah. to be fair. You finished in third place. And I always wanted to ask a question, like if I had the opportunity to get to speak to you. Like Arsenal-related, if you had to spend three weeks in the jungle with a manager, past or present, who would you choose? I asked, I asked Sir Mo Farah the same question a few months ago, and he basically said uh, righty. So He said righty? He said righty, yeah. I mean, I was in the jungle with Ray. Uh, yeah, that, was, exactly. that, that was an so, experience. That was an experience. Um, so I've already done that one. But you're saying manager, right? It could be manager. It could be an ex-player. It could be a current player. It's up to you. Do you know what? I, I would love to... I would have loved to have been able to, to have conversations. And uh, I think, you know, even now, he's a person that I would love to meet is mentally Sir Alex Ferguson. Wow. And, and the reason I say that is because I think... You know, to be able to hold on to a legacy like that and be able to to craft players in the way that he did and to be able to, you know, the thinking process of being able to still play his style of football whilst this new, you know, European style was coming in, whether it be under Pep or whether it be under Arsene or whether it be under Jose Mourinho and be able to maintain it and hold it and just be a pure out-and-out winner is, I think it'd be a fascinating character to, like, speak to. You know, and I think, you know, look, as, as an Arsenal fan growing up, I hated the man. Yes. Absolutely hated him. You know, my, my, you know, I'm 30 years old. So for me, you know, I grew up on Arsenal versus Man United. It was never a case of any other team. Hatred. It was, yeah, it was, it was them versus them. And that was it. Um, so uh, weirdly, yes, I think, I actually think Alex Ferguson. Arsenal player? Would it be Arsene Wenger or Man uh, Arsenal, I would go for... Oh, I would probably go for, I mean, Ray Parler. Ray's outrageous. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, one, he'll give you a story nonstop. 
two, I think he'd be the only person in the jungle to ever find alcohol. Probably um, true. Of some form. Um, I would love for Ray to do it, and I really think he should. I haven't actually spoken to him about that ever, but I, I, I'll, I need to drop him a text to say you need to get yourself in there because you remember everyone loved Jimmy Bullard on it. Yeah, I just think similar I think, characters. Yeah, I just think Ray like he's he's one of those blokes. So I think yeah, Ray Parler. Interesting, interesting. I'd probably go for Arsene Wenger just because. Yeah, as, as, as you just touched on, just hearing him speak, like you just listen. You just sit down and listen to what he's got to say. But Ray yeah. Parler, Ray Parler's a good shout as well. Yeah, one hundred percent. I think you want you want someone with a little bit of character. Definitely. Else you get bored. Else you get bored. You do. You really do. Um, I think it was last season after the Palace game away from home at Soho's Park, where your dad, Mr. Martin Kemp, sang the Alexander Zinchenko song, <laughs> and I was like, I was like, mine, Kemp, you're a legend. But how, how how surreal is that though? Honestly, bro, like he, hearing that being sung away from home, at home, yeah, week in week out, it's it's so nice, man. Because you know, like it's one of those songs that has been attached to my life for forever, yeah. right? And and that song, and rightly so, you know, it's a brilliant song. But I think when it's attached to, I don't know the love of your life um that being arsenal it, it it's different you know it, it does hit different and and i think that you know even for my dad he's waited so long because we never sang that as a song with ashley cole which is you know what the the west ham yeah. fans used to do for joe cole um and and they, we, he never got that and so he, it, for him in his career it was like I've, I've played some pretty cool venues but hearing it sang around wembley when we were lifting a trophy is pretty pretty special my dad loves it mate yeah, your dad's a legend. Your dad's a legend. <laughs> um, he was part, recently part of the Arsenal away kit launch as well. And I yeah. know, have you changed your display picture on Twitter? Was it still that? No, I haven't. It's still that. <laughs> how, 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 long, how long is it going to be until you change it? Uh, well, it, I, I changed it from a picture of Ross Kemp um, before because Ross Kemp had been introduced as Roman Kemp. And I've all my life been introduced as either Ross or Ronan. So that was me <laughs> getting my own back. Um, but no, my, to be honest... And until the next time my, my dad embarrasses me or the next moment I feel like some form of uh, pride towards my dad, maybe. Uh, maybe I'll change it then. Um, but look, I, 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 you know, when I heard he was doing that advert, I've never been more jealous. I'm angrier at the same time. <laughs> uh, genuinely, honestly, I'll hand on heart. I'll say, I'm not really a jealous person, but that was like, I felt sick. I almost couldn't watch it. Hmm. So I was just like, how have they made an advert about radio and about Arsenal, and I'm I'm nowhere near it. Like, uh, but it was a uh, it was really nice, man. And, and like, I think for him as well, it's it's something. Again, it all goes full circle. That's the mm. thing. That's the thing that like, if I think if you're in any form of public eye, when it comes back to Arsenal or when it comes back to any of you know your football club, you feel like some things have gone full circle because it's like yeah. these are things that you're born with, you know. And and finally, the the thing that you love the most is merging with the thing that you're proud of, you know, which is your work. Hmm. And and that's really special. Are you a fan of the away kit? Because I'll be honest, I'm not. I love the last year's me, black kit, to be fair. It took me, no, nothing will ever beat last year's black yeah, kit. 100%. Nothing will ever beat it. Um, I won't lie. I saw some lads um, working on the motorway the other day and I did have to take double take because I thought it was our kit that they were wearing, <laughs> but it was just a high-vis. Um, 
I don't know. Like to be honest, right? I, I've I've always been with away kits. I'm okay. Like I can understand mm. that. It wasn't until like, when I saw Declan Rice in the away kit, then I went, mm. "Oh, no, I like it now." Interesting. Um, but it looks like it's almost a bit big. Like it looks like it sits quite big, which is mm. a bit weird. Um, but like you know, some people like I was talking to someone the other day, and like a, a tip is apparently next season's away kit and third kit are absolute. Because they've already been done. Wow. So there you go. You always see the graphics on like Twitter and these designers who make these like insane graphics. Unreal. Unreal. And I'm thinking Adidas. Like you don't even have to do no work. Just look at it. I I, you know that you know what I'm a sucker for, and some people hate it, right? I'm a sucker for centralized badges. Okay. Yeah. Someone did someone did someone did a um I think the only time we kind of had it was uh, well obviously the the 2006 kit but then do you remember the the, the one just before it with the red? Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, with the with the yellow lines around the exactly. outside. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um yeah, 2006 7. Uh, was it 6 7? It's the yeah. hybrid, wasn't it? Oh, no, 2005 2004 or 5. Yeah, the maroon, yeah. the maroon kit as well, wasn't it? With on yeah, maroon kit as well. Yeah, but that first red one, 2004 5, that was when they had that the the crest in the center yeah. with Nike for the first time. But but that, like, someone made an Adidas version of that, and I was like, I saw it online, I was like, this is unbelievable. Hmm. But people are really funny about our kit. You know, our kit is like a contentious thing at times because you know, people talking about white sleeves. I remember when you know, when we when we had that kit, um, uh, was it first season we were at? The M's no, That's a couple cool, of seasons into yeah. the Emirates, third season in, we had the 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 red bit going down the sleeve, and people didn't like it at all. They wanted all white sleeves always, mm. um, but who knows? Maybe in the future we'll we'll, we'll switch it up. Interesting. Final uh, bit before we talk about other things. Um, massive Gunnar, I've always wanted to ask you. Worst moments were in Arsenal, and best moment. I've got a feeling what you're going to talk about in terms of worst. Go on, what do uh, you think is my worst? It has to be Paris, no? Obviously. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I cried so much. Bro, no, I, I, you know I've, never, I've never seen that game since. I've, I've never watched it back. I've never watched it back. I mean, yes, Paris is horrendous. Um, but do you, know, do you know what? The one I think was maybe at the time that felt the worst was um, Ryan Giggs scoring against us in the FA Cup. Yeah. That was the first time I'd ever really experienced loss um, (laughs) with Arsenal. And what I mean by that is I remember crying like my eyes out and going up to my bedroom and shouting to my dad being like, and my dad being like, next game, next game. And, you know, and and then I was just crying saying, I'm not supporting Arsenal anymore. I'm not doing it. They're losing. I was like, my dad didn't speak to me for like a week. But, um, but that goal was was horrible. You know, that's that's that. Mo- those are those moments where you're 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 in it at that point. It's and, true. You know, you you recognise that loss of that sick feeling when you hear the away fans score. Not nice. And yeah, um, I'd say, what you my best moment. Best, yeah. Uh, best moment, I'd say. Do you know what it? A lot of people will say Thierry's, you know, second coming goal. Um, a lot of people will say the Invincibles win. Hmm. For me, it was the Arshavin goal. Against 2-1 Barca. Against Barca. That was like, that was, I don't know. I, I just had this moment of like, we, we, we've beaten the best team in the world. 
Yeah. That was almost like retribution for 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 what had happened in Paris, but for me that was such a brilliant game and it just, you know, that was the first time I I felt atmosphere at the Emirates. Hmm. Um, you know, Jack, that was Jack Wilshere's like <laughs> game that was that was that performance, you know. Um, but that that goal and the way how it came about and the passes, you know, from uh, I think it was Jack to Fabregas, Fabregas, Nasri, Nasri, yeah. Nasri, Arshavin, you know, and, and that whole play was phenomenal. And that was Barca at their peak for me. You know, that mm. was them when they were becoming a monster. Yeah. So I'd say that. Yeah, interesting, interesting. I'll probably have to agree. I think Henri's goal against Leeds United, FA Cup, that was insane. You know what? If Reese Nelson's goal last season helped us win the Premier League title, it would, it would have, have been to that. be up there. It would have to be up there. Yeah, I, 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 do you know what? I completely agree. If we'd... Yeah, I think... I, it, yeah, I, I completely agree. I think... I, I, do, I do agree with you in that if that had won us the league, it would go down in history. Yeah. Without a doubt, without a doubt. Uh, moving on, Roman, I want to speak about uh, your book. You know yeah. what? I'll be honest. I've not got the best attention span. Like, I'll yeah. say that how it is. But I read your book and it was emotional. Very, oh, very emotional. Um, and I was blown away by your story, um, your upbringing. Um, and like it felt home because I, I resonated a lot with it mm. in terms of uh, a lot of things, a lot of stigma that still surrounds uh, mental health uh, yeah. in this day and age. And you've openly spoken about your battle with depression uh, yeah. and unfortunate experiences that have happened in the past. And as men, like you always hear the common saying, you need to man up. Mm-hmm. Uh, as men, we tend to bottle things, etc. But after reading your book, I think that shouldn't be the case. That shouldn't be the case. And like, it, it, it was a top book. Like, are you really Okay fantastic and like i said i'll be honest i'm not much of a book reader and i read this <laughs> and i was like i want to yeah. read the next page i want to read the next page but it, it was a fascinating read but yeah yeah as you. men we should we shouldn't bottle up our feelings in this day and age yeah you know what man it, it's it, you know for me being able to put everything down and and, and put it out there was more so because uh, you know i made a documentary in 2021 that came out and you know that was that was about suicide and and about how i was dealing with with grief and and mm. understanding that for the very first time so it was kind of a, a big release to just write it all down and 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 put it out there so that people can have something to look back on if there is anything that i said listen like you know it's hard because there's no right or there's no right advice there, there's definitely wrong advice but there's no you know clinically correct advice that you can give someone when it comes down to mental health because we're all different and and so I, all i could do is put down my experience and and my journey that i went through my own battle of understanding um that i will have moments where i don't want to be here anymore hmm. um and that's just how my brain works you know and and how do i deal with that and how do i um, what are the, the mechanisms that I have that I can go, okay, um, this makes me feel better. This makes me feel worse. <laughs> and, and figuring out the people that are around me that I feel safe around and, and the people that I want in my life. Um, and I think that what the most powerful, the, the powerful thing is, is, that, you know, my thoughts that I've put in there about life and about, you know, death in, in a lot of it is 
completely natural and completely normal for so many men you know mm. and i make the comparison if you think about it this way right if i was like you know okay the stat is one in four men at some point in their life think about taking their own life right and that's just that's fact like they, they yeah. have those stats out there there are 11 players on a football pitch yeah right so out of our starting lineup it's in a you know in in stats that two of them at least at some point in their life will think about killing themselves and just because people are footballers or actors mm. or whatever walk of life doesn't mean they, they're you know immune yeah. from those thoughts if anything they're heightened you know because mm. because there comes pressure with it um so I, I think that the book for me and being able to highlight you know mental health is something that will always it, it's a part of all our lives forever um and if you know by some weird way me being fine about talking about mine helps someone else then brilliant yeah no in your book like i love your relationship with i know a lot of people always speak about your relationship with your dad celebrity mm. gogo box and it's, it's it's fantastic but you've got a great relationship with your mom tough yeah. tough old birds um <laughs> sister, fantastic relationship and do you think that's been a great part on having that safe space so like if you're dealing with anything, you can go speak to your mom, you can go speak to your dad, you can go speak to your sister about anything. Yeah, man. I, I think, uh, you know, you, you said it there, they're tough, man. And 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 I think that, you know, my dad, and I've mentioned this, my dad was someone that growing up, he, he never really had those chats. So the chats that I would have with him were, you know, were out of place for him because it was the first time he's ever spoken about it or the first time he's ever considered thoughts like that, you know, um, and I think that with my mom, it was always so, my mom came from a household that was very depressed. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, a lower class background who, uh, you know, had male figures in there that were heavily, heavily depressed and, and undiagnosed. And my mom grew up around those, those types of people. And, and all she wanted to do was be able to have those conversations with them. So when she saw me showing early signs, you know, as a, as a youngster, as a teenager, um, uh, showing kind of poor mental health, she was right on top of it. And, you know, she, she almost forced me to have those conversations, but she was someone that has always been there for me. And, and as always, you know, I, I always say that regardless of job or anything like that, I still will always believe that I'm the luckiest person because of the parents that I have and the family that I have. You know, I couldn't be more, um, I don't know, privileged, I guess, yeah. you know, from my upbringing, you know, um, and I don't mean privileged in the sense of, yes, I got every Christmas present or birthday present that I ever wanted. Yeah. But I mean privileged in the sense of love, you know, yeah. I, I, I have parents that aren't divorced. Yeah. I have parents that are happy for me to live my life the way I want to live it and they'll be there supporting me no matter what. Um and it's so important that, you know, and the only thing I can hope is that from that, from people learning from people like my mom, that's something I can implement in my own family moving forward. Um, you know, that, that thing of saying, you know, you, you are, you're an Arsenal fan from birth, you know, you, you're, you're the, you're the, from birth, you're the fan of your parents club. Well, you know, one of the things that my parents are, that their club is, is love, you know, and, and that's what, what I'm going to pass down to, to my kids. Yeah, no, I love that. Like, as a mental health campaigner, just briefly, how proud of you uh, were you of Deli Ali and Aaron Ramsdale? Because recently, two big interviews, two different interviews, but open yeah. interviews, like, fascinating. Yeah. So how proud were you like they've, that they've done those? Oh, man, I am so pleased. 
and I'm so pleased that that we're seeing that more. Um, you know, it doesn't have to be like. I don't know. Sometimes it's like, you know, having those interviews, it doesn't have, you don't have to have some like mad story to tell, you know, Delhi's and, and Aaron's stories were both, you know, they are mad and they are heavy stories and, and they are their stories that they want to tell in their own time. But I also think it's, it's so refreshing just even away from them as players. It's, it's refreshing to see two men come forward and, and admit that it isn't all great sometimes. And, and, you know, and I really am, not okay and I'm, I'm not in a good place mm. you know seeing Delhi's interview first you know how can that's a player that I've grown up hating yeah I mean anyone mentioning Delhi Ali's name didn't like the bloke True. didn't want to know about him but now all of a sudden I see him as a human being I see him as a as a person and I think that's something that clubs should consider a lot more um, you know uh, clubs should consider being able to show their players you know how to be able to open up in their feelings and be able to open up in interviews and I, uh, cause I think it will create a ni- nicer atmosphere within grounds. You know, imagine if you get to a place where there's, there's no abuse aimed at certain players because we're aware as fans who they are as a person, hmm. you know, it, 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 I know sometimes they go, yeah, but you need a bit of needle in the game. It's or, or that will still be there, but yeah. understanding who people are as people, which is what the Amazon doc did for us. Right. Hmm. You know, the second, I think we grew closer to the players because we learned about them. You know, we yeah. learned about who they are and, and what they struggle with. And and all that does is just generate a, a great atmosphere. Yeah, definitely. I want to speak about um, your up-and-coming series, two different yeah. ones. Uh, yeah. First of all, Boot Dreams. Yeah. How, how did how did this project come along? Because I know it's football and it's your love for mental health as well, with the stuff that you're doing. It, it's, yeah. it's, a, it's great, to be fair. Um, so how did you get involved with this project? So with with Boot Dreams, it was again it was a th- it was a project that that came through because you know uh, working with working with BBC and and BBC Three they they knew that um, I you know obviously have a massive love for football and they know about my work in mental health so it was it was a really nice marriage of of kind of I don't know things in my life that I, I love yeah. and with Boot Dreams it was so fascinating because. Look, I, I want to work in football as much as the next bloke. You know, uh, you know, you and I, you know, in this call, we, we want to yeah. do the same thing. We want to talk about the thing we love. Um, but I had to be really conscious of, you know, where I can't just turn up on BT Sport. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> because, like, you know, me as an Arsenal, me as a, a football fan in general, would go, "Why is this person being shoehorned into my game that I love?" Yeah. But with Boot Dreams, it was setting up an academy. Um, so, for for those listening, it, it's a show whereby we've set up an academy with you know, 16, 17 lads that have all been rejected from the game and rejected from the game at different points in their life. They've had contracts cancelled um, because of things out of their control. You know, sometimes it involves the home office. Sometimes it involves horrendous injuries. Um, and sometimes it involves just involves their own behaviour. Hmm. And it's not based on their footballing ability. And we put together this academy whereby they come together called the Boot Dreams Academy and they play these matches in front of scouts to try and get themselves back into football. And it was fascinating for me because I was able to, to almost be the only fan. I was, you know, I felt like just the fan of the club for, for, for the month that we were, for the six weeks that we ran this project. And I was able to, to get that access and be able to have the chats with the players and them, you know, them as players, but them as men, as them as boys. And, and to really understand how it is, 
that they're how it is that they're feeling and and what their dream really is you know we, we're talking to lads that when they're born their parents have blessed their feet and have given them the middle name Zidane mm. and you can imagine the amount of pressure that will put on a child you know uh, a child that says um this isn't my dream but this is my dad's dream to yeah. be a footballer and it's unbelievable to to speak to those people because there are so many players that will be in circulation now that maybe it was their parents that pushed them into it. Maybe it was a club that took them away from school life and from social socializing to say, no, 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 you must, you will become, you know, everyone has that joke of project and Bappe now. Bappe. <laughs> yeah. You know, but, but you have to think about it and, you know, there's a lot of parents that do do it. And yeah. yes, it's a brilliant thing because it is generational wealth that can, you know, provide for that family for the rest of time but at the same time it can create a, a really harsh atmosphere okay. and that was something that we wanted to do and and what was so great is for the first time ever certainly that i can think of um we've got on telly therapy sessions with you know professional footballers and with footballers on camera and oh watching those therapy sessions is so eye-opening to see and and humanizing for the boys and for the guys and for me it was so important to show you know their their set therapy sessions in the show because you see not just as a player but as a as a man what that looks like so many men have said to me oh i've never done therapy i don't want to lie on a long sofa and have someone tell me what does this picture look like what does this look like and you you try and tell that person you say but that's not what therapy is you just sit there and someone is just listening and you just have a conversation just like you and I are having now. And and to have that on camera and to show it in a in a you know in a background of football is so powerful. Um and it's it's a really, really kind of yeah, eye-opening show. Yeah, it seems like a fascinating watch. I'll, yeah. I'll definitely be tuning in. Um, before we wrap up, I just want to speak about your other show, yeah. uh, The Finish Line. Yeah. I know you're a massive fan of The Weakest Link, obviously reading your book. You and yeah. you used to watch that. And this is going to be your first quiz show, isn't it? How are you feeling about that? Yeah, I, I, do you know what? I, I'm so, it, Out of all the projects that I'm doing, it's kind of like one that I, I've, I've kind of like tried to almost speak the least about because I'm, I'm, I'm quietly confident about it. It's one of those where I'm so excited to for people to see it and I want people to give me an honest opinion on it. Um, and I think that it's it's a show that is, you know, for me going into quiz and going into, um, you know, that that world of telly, that side of telly, that real shiny floor, you know, I'm, we're there and, and really just providing that great entertainment for people um, was really scary, to be totally honest. You know, after our first day of filming, I remember calling my mum and dad and being like, I'm really rubbish at it. I can't do it. I'm so bad. You know, like the same way that everyone goes into school the first day of school. Yeah. And uh, and I remember them just saying to me and and uh, exec Michael saying to me, you know, just just go to bed. Just just have that have that day. You know, that day's done now. The next day is it. You know, and 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 it was quite nice because, you know, I always think of stuff in a footballing aspect. And and doing the quiz show was like okay, it's just training. I've I've got to. You know, each day is going to get better. More minutes in the tank, more, you know, more goals scored here, more assists here, and it was brilliant. So the show itself, you know, is 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 so wonderful. We've got five contestants in each show, and and each time they they go through a qualifying round, um, they they line up on like almost like this thing, you know, like a horse race style, uh, you know, lane one, lane two, lane three, lane four to five, and they're each on their podiums, and then 
whoever is qualified uh, fastest starts in lane one. Whoever whoever qualified uh, you know slowest will go in the last lane in lane five or four. And each question, the second they get one right, their podiums start to move. So all these you know contestants are like racing towards me uh, as we're just rattling off these questions. And uh, sometimes people, you know, when you read through these types of questions, when you see them, you're like, oh, that's easy. I can know that. Hmm. But when you're on the spot and when you're, you know, as, as the saying goes, when it's a cold, rainy night at Stoke, can you do it? <laughs> right. It's, that's what it's like. It's like the rainy night at Stoke for quizzes. Can you really turn it on when it matters, when the pressure's on? Um, and, and it's brilliant. I loved it so much. No, so to be honest, yeah, I can't, I can't wait for people to see it. It's going to be wicked. Yeah, to be fair, I think reminders on the skybox, I'm definitely yeah. going to be clicking both. Um, but yeah. Roman, it's been a huge honour to have you on the show. One final oh, question. Yep. Are Arsenal going to win the league? Of course. Uh, but I actually believe it. I believe it as well. People think I'm yeah. deluded when I say No, I know. I, I, mean, I go through the same thing. But I, I, I don't. I, do I believe we can? Do I believe we can? Yes. Do I believe we will? Yeah, yeah actually. I, I, I do think so. If I'm wrong, let's see in May. Yeah, fingers crossed. We're both basking in the glory in May. In <laughs> I love that. But Roman, once again, thank you for taking the time. I have a busy schedule to join us. Folks, if you have enjoyed the chat with Roman and want to know more about his personal story with mental health and upcoming work, check out the links listed on the description below. Make sure to drop a like on the video, subscribe to the channel if you're new, and keep running us down the Arsenal way. Thanks, bro.